Welcome to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. As a golfer, now more than ever, you have access to all sorts of swing advice and swing tips, and that can often be confusing and conflicting. This podcast is going to help you cut through all the clutter. You'll understand what really happens in the golf swing based on what we've learned from measuring the very best golfers in the world, but most importantly, how that information can help your swing. And we're going to try to do it all in 15 minutes or less. This episode is brought to you by AMG Plus, the best way to train your swing online. AMG Plus includes our four key training systems, the swing system, the speed system, the short game system, and the soon to be released putting system. You also get access to our private forum where Sean and I, along with our other AMG certified instructors, review your swings and check your progress as you move through the checkpoints. To learn more about it, just visit athleticmotiongolf.com forward slash the letters AMG dash PLUS to get started today. Uh, we just literally finished about I don't know, 20 minutes before we started the, started this podcast. We just finished our most recent pros versus AMs video on shallowing the club. And I kind of want to talk about this in the podcast to, to one kind of premiere, so to speak, the the video that's coming out, but also kind of give you guys maybe a little more in-depth view of what actually happens in good golf swings, what it takes to shallow the club. And it's probably a lot less than what most of you are trying to do already in the golf swing. Yeah, it's probably, what do you think, top three things that people come in talking about in a lesson? Yeah, it, it I would say. lag, and I feel like it's shallow now. Or, yeah. yeah, like maybe distance is probably still number one, then you've got shallow, and then you got getting open. And the last two are often always related. Yeah, it, exactly. And people get down some some uh, really dark holes, rabbit holes, trying to go after those things. And, you know, we've all probably gone through stuff like that over the years. But the more we do this, the more we figure out it's, it's probably a lot more simple than you're trying to do. And that's hopefully that this new YouTube video will help people with. Right. And I think kind of the overall mindset shift, right, is just to understand that at address the club is – you know, the club head is below the hands at address, right? I think we're all familiar with right. what address looks like. The top of the swing is you're taking that club and basically flipping it upside down to where now the toe, instead of being up at address, the toe is at the bottom now. So you've just essentially mm -hmm. flipped the club upside down. That's what we're talking about when we say the club will be the shallowest at the top of the swing. Now, that's pretty much for everybody. I mean, amateurs, pros, everyone does that going to the top of the swing. Now here's where the difficulty or the differences come in at. What we see the pros do is they basically take that shallow that they've created in the backswing and just lower it in the downswing. Because if you flip the club upside down to get to the top of the swing, you have to flip it the other way, right side up to get to impact. So they're minimizing that steepness early and then steepening it late is what Scott Hamilton likes to call it. And it's a great description. What we see so many amateurs doing is either two, one of two things. They'll either steepen it straight away early in an effort to kind of take the hands out to the ball, or they'll try to add even more shallow to it and kind of, like you say, jackknife the club behind them and then try to really rotate and turn on it. And the problem with that is it massively affects the hand path and makes it very difficult to hit the ball solidly, consistently. I think it's just another one of those things that gets skewed looking at swings with a video. And you see something happen on video and you, you try to kind of put that in your mind, what needs to happen to do that. But the video can fool you at times into what's really happening. It's, um, 
you know, we're all used to seeing shallow. Like, and we do this in lessons, right? A golfer comes in, I'm steep. So we always go to the down the line view of the camera. And if that shaft is pointing outside the ball, that's fine. We call that shallow. If a shaft is pointing inside the ball, and, and whether you do it or you certainly know someone who does it, when that shaft is pointing steep inside the ball, that's the red flag for everybody. But it, you really have to understand how to fix that, understand the three-dimensional movements of the club, not just fall in love with that single down-the-line two-dimensional view of the club because it'll really start to warp your perspective of what's actually happening. Yeah, you, you made a good point there. You know, you could you could leave your arms up, let's say, and turn, and the look of the shaft might look like it's laying back, but your hand path is now so out that that's an unplayable position. Now you have to make all these other kind of crazy compensations as you come down to the ball. That's a great point. We see a lot of golfers actually will shallow the shaft from that down-the-line view, like have it but really almost laid off, trying to get it as close to horizontal to the ground as possible. Par yeah. But it's unplayable yeah. form. And we see a lot of yeah, shanks from there. To, what is that going to do for you? Yeah, what, <laughs> what good does that do? If you if you need to be on the eventual impact plane, which usually the hands are just a touch higher than they were at a dress, right. and you've got it laid horizontal, late in the downswing, that's that's not doing you any favors. It's in fact just giving you something to try to undo, like fractions of a second before impact, and we don't see many guys be able to do it. It's like it, it, it's, it's almost like now with the the way things are on like Instagram and YouTube, the the more flat you can get it halfway down, well, that's the best. You know that that's great. Everyone's like, oh, that's an unbelievable looking swing, but it's unplayable. That's one of those things that. A lot of golfers, even when they come in and see us, right, a lot of golfers will tell us that's what they're trying to do, to really lay that club down, get it as flat as possible up at the top. And the idea of that sounds really cool. I'm going to get it shallow. Like if 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 tour player X gets it this shallow, I'm going to get it more I'm shallow. More. You know, like if one aspirin yeah. helps, I'm going to take five aspirins. I really want to feel good. So they Has get that it. that ever worked? <laughs> I used to hammer some Flintstones when I was young. And look at me now. So, yeah, that absolutely worked. Yeah, yeah it worked. Uh, so the idea of that sounds good until they actually start doing it. And then that's when we see them. Like, we don't see them when they come in and are they're just starting to go down that road. We see them after they've literally accomplished that. And during the lockdown, when everybody got to practice a lot and play a lot and really ingrain these these kind of outlier moves – we see the guy that actually comes in and is laid off and coming down. And it's, it's loading a shank in the chamber, I think is how we phrased it in the video. I mean, you, you put a shank in the chamber every time you take that club and lay it flat. Now you've got to try to not shank it from there to impact. And that's a difficult thing to do. It's a, it's a stress producer for sure. Well, the problem with that is you're, everyone thinks that opening and closing the, the club is just twisting your wrist this way. Well, when you lay it down too much, you're actually – you're, you're opening the face this in this mm -hmm. manner. You're laying the whole wedge down this way. So now the face is wide open. Now you got to make some other crazy move to hit it. It's just unnecessary. Like you said, it's causing more work than needs to be done. And th that's what we see in practice. And then when you look at the tour guys and you realize, okay, they're not doing any of that. Like they're, they don't externally rotate their arm in the downswing. Their trail arm we're talking about. It's yep. all internal rotation, the whole downswing. The backswing is almost all external rotation. The downswing is just the opposite. 
I mean, there's just about everything in golf. The backswing goes one direction. Everything moves the opposite direction in the downswing. It's a pretty simple concept. You know, you rotate closed, you rotate open coming down. Same thing is true for what the arm does. It's externally rotating going back, internally rotating coming down. We see a lot of golfers, they will either really accelerate that internal rotation because they're trying to be passive with the arms and leave the arm up. So that accelerates. That's not good. I mean, that's your weekend warrior, you know, scramble, scramble twice a month kind of, or scramble twice a year kind of hacker. And then you see now, we see a lot of better players trying to do the opposite. They really try to throw that elbow forward and go external and overly adduct the arm. Then you see the club jackknife behind you, and that's when you load that shank in the chamber or that block in the chamber. Real, like you said, when that club goes this way, this is a club face, it's really flopping that club face open. Now I've got to try to do some really outlier movements with my wrist. You see a lot of those training aids on the market now where you're trying to really snap and bow the wrist and make things click just to try to offset this massive opening move. And, and we just don't see professionals doing that. So I'm going to fire questions at you because um, I think it might be easier to go through some of the stuff that way. So t- explain the difference between like a classic arm wrestle well, that you'd see someone really steep and over the top mm-hmm. and someone that's internally rotating but not coming down steep. What's the difference here with the, how the arm movements happen as that's internally rotating? Because I think that we're going to get a lot of questions about that. Okay. So uh, a good example and a really kind of generic example of what we see a lot, especially when we're measuring these guys on 3D, for that classic kind of pull-down move or the arm wrestling move that we've all heard of, right, is in the backswing, the golfer will start to really pull that arm behind them. So in an effort a lot of times to get bigger turn or to get depth in the swing, they're going to pull this arm behind them Uh, Your trail arm behind you, for those of you just listening, is taking that elbow and really kind of getting it more in line with the side of my body rather than keeping my elbow and my forearm more in front of me. Now, there's some adduction in the golf swing for everybody, but it could be also overdone. Now, when that happens, if I lower my arm like the good players do, it's still out of position. So that forces the arm to stay up, and then the the forearm really starts to go or the shoulder starts to go in internal rotation because you're trying to generate speed early in the golf swing. So if I'm leaving my arm up and I pull it out of position in the backswing, that's all I have left to try to do that with. Now, the price you pay with that is it steepens the club. Now I'm going to maybe early extend, or I'm going to try to do the opposite, really shift my body to the side to try to undo all that late. But a lot of that movement stems from the backswing with this arm being pulled far behind me, keeping the elbow up, the arm bent, and the only way to get the club down from there is to do that. And that's your classic over-the-top okay. pull-down move, right? We see that all the time where club steepens coming down. So that's that movement. The other version of that is a golfer who will try to do the same thing, externally rotate the arm. Now, that's difficult to do for a lot of golfers because you're going to externally rotate in the backswing. Now you're going to try to add more to that in the downswing. And what's going to happen is you're going to really pull this elbow in front of you. And again, that's going to flop the face open. Now I'm really kind of – I'm. I'm almost bent my arm more to be able to do that and take some pressure off my shoulder. Just about so, to say that. So it really yeah. bends the arm back. Now I'm handcuffed, and as I'm turning, all this you know, all this is happening as I'm turning. So my hands are working out towards the ball. The club has fallen now behind me. Now I've got next to no time to try to undo all that. 
And you see golfers who do that really are forcing themselves to try to get some of these very unnatural type of lowering and tilting movements and really a lot of wrist movements to try to save all of that. It's a very difficult combination to try to do. And now take us through what the, the good players or the tour players do with that same arm movement. So it's we, sh we show this to golfers all the time and the hardest part about this is understanding how simple the movement is. So good player will go to the top, they'll lift their arm 15 degrees or so, not a, not a crazy amount of arm lift with the right arm, bend the elbow 90 degrees. So it looks something like that from the side arm. What they're gonna do is lower the arm more than they've lifted. So this is the number one reason, the number one difference between professionals and amateurs with shallowing the club. And we see so many AMs trying to be passive. This is not a passive move. You're lowering the arm. So it's the upper arm that's lowering more than it raised in the backswing. Okay, so that's job number one is to get that arm coming down. Now we all stand with our arms kind of internally rotated, right? Our elbows kind of point more in towards our body than angled out. When you lower and straighten your arm, that arm's going to internally rotate some. Now it's, it's not you know, crazy amount and it's not the opposite way. It just naturally does it. We've never had to tell a player to internally rotate their arm. It just does when you lower it. And then you, the last piece you add to that is a little bit of supination. Ref, around 20 degrees is pretty normal we see with tour players. And so it's, it's literally lower, straighten, supinate, and that will give you all the shallowing you need without disrupting the club phase or throwing the club off plane or under plane coming down. So where does that get them when they when they lower have a little bit of supination? Is that about the halfway point? That's from that's the that top. Classic. That's the top to left arm parallel. So that gives them that classic. Okay, this is shallow, but this is a much different way to do it. Is what you're saying? Than right. Driving the elbow forward, or, or making some kind of movement that way. It's just lowering, a little bit of supination that gets you in that classic spot without having to make this motion, which we see golfers doing it all the time. And like you said. It narrows the right arm, which is another kind of right. death move. So you're you're building in some really bad pieces in the downswing when you try to do that. It's so much easier just lower it and supinate a little bit and put you in the slot. Yeah, because you know we didn't cover it in this video. We'll cover it in, in our next pros versus AMs video. Like that's just in the shallowing window. That's the top of the swing to left arm parallels. How much that arm lowers. What happens after that is the arm still continues to lower down towards your trail hip. It doesn't ever work across the body before impact. That doesn't happen until much af later after impact. So that whole concept is literally just lowering the arm, allowing enough supination in there so you can make the shaft look normal. And then it's allowing the body to turn. When you try to do the arm movements in place of the body movements, the body's gonna stop moving or you would hit it worse. And that's what we see golfers all the time do who try to get open in the golf swing with that combination of going external. Was once the arm does that, the body's got to stop, or it better stop, or you're going to hit it really bad shots. The, you're almost like presenting the hosel to the ball when, when you make <laughs> that move, right? When that <laughs> it's leading the parade, by. absolutely. Um, so take us through from there. So we've got about halfway down. Mm -hmm. what, what happens from there to the ball with, in terms of, are we, are we then trying to externally rotate or are we continuing the internal rotation to square the club face to the ball? No, it, it goes internal the entire way down. It's roughly 38 degrees on average that the arm is moving internally from the top to impact. So it never, 
one, you don't, it doesn't ever go internal. And then sometimes you, you know, somewhere down the swing, you got to flip it and go external. Everybody is well rotated internally by impact. So there's just, there's no external and then trying to flip it back to internal. And there's definitely not trying to carry external all the way down. Are you talking about leading the, that's leading the hosel into the ball big time? So basically we're getting some lowering. Right. As it's lowering, a little bit of supination, not a whole lot of internal yet, but a little bit from there, just from lowering. And then the, a lot more internal to the ball, definitely not external. That that just sound about right? That's exactly right. Yep. We haven't found a pro that does that, that goes external in the downswing at all. And you said something else there that I think, you know, just people are going to start scratching their heads. Like, because you see so many people practicing and posing, shoving their hands mm. way out in front of them coming down. And the problem with that is it's not, you know, and good players aren't doing that. They're just lowering their arms down towards their side, right? And the, the wrist angles kind of come out. Right. The arms internally rotating, <laughs> lowering the hands down near the trail leg. And the pivot brings that club across that. The hands, correct me if I'm wrong when you were saying this, you're, you're saying they don't go past the midline of the body until after the ball's gone. No, that's a great point. So if we had zero rotation in the golf swing, right, we could do that with AMG 3D. We could take all the rotation out of the swing. So most players will start with their hands slightly in front of their zipper, just using the zipper and the buttons on your shirt as kind of the middle line. Hands slightly in front of the zipper, okay? That's the farthest they're forward in the golf swing until several feet after impact. So immediately the hands go from in front of the zipper to about the trail shoulder, right? The top of the swing. And then they drop down towards the front of the trail hit by impact. That's it. So the arms are literally doing this in the golf swing. What makes it look like they go across is now the body's turning when you actually watch a swing. And this would not be a problem if we didn't have stationary cameras trying to see what goes on the swing, if the camera rotated with your body, you would see this as plain as day, but the camera never does that. So we're all left to, for decades and decades and decades, we're, we're all trying to, you know, subjectively figure out what's all going on. Now that we have 3D and we have more advanced 3D coming, this stuff is much easier to see. And I think a lot of golfers will start to have light bulbs just flashing in their brains now like oh what i've been trying to do for the last 20 years this is why i haven't been able to do it now i'm doing something trying to do something much easier now and it's actually producing better results and i mean we'll wrap this up here pretty soon but i think you know we've been kind of intuitively doing this for a while in lessons and and i think people are you know we've had a lot of success showing like hey what happens if you didn't move your body like what do the arms really do and um you know we and Mike actually came up with this kind of thought process and it, it's, it's presented in this new YouTube video. It's called for the player, right? You want to take them through kind of what, how you come up with that and what that means and before we wrap this up. Yeah. For being just an acronym of frame of reference of the player, you know, the big hurdle for learning the golf swing or teaching yourself the golf swing is you're, we're always seeing it from kind of third person perspective. Like you're watching this, this video right now or, or listening to this podcast you're trying to decipher what's happening from an, a bystander's point of view and then trying to apply that to your own golf swing. That's difficult to do, right? You see, you know, other endeavors, other sports, like, you know, if you're learning to drive an F1 car, you're in a simulator and you're looking out over the steering wheel like you would if you were actually in the car. 
the problem with the golf swing is, and and we we included a shot of Tiger doing this back in I think the '90s where he had a camera on the the top of his bill, so you can kind of see his first person perspective. Really, all you see is where the hands are at impact, and the body and hands turn out of the frame because you don't let your head follow your hands in the backswing, and then they flash right in front of you again at impact. So you really don't see anything from a first-person perspective. So we came up with the idea of this for-the-player perspective, which lets us just put the golfer in just a standing posture, something we can all relate to and probably just about all of us can do fairly easy. Now, with regards to something like the arms, now it's easy to see what the arms do with good players because we're watching them make the same arm movements just from a standing posture. Now the light bulbs really start to go off and it makes it super easy to see how the arms move, which is a big mystery in the golf swing for a lot of players. They just understood that the arms move in a very simple way, but in a very specific way, I think they will ha- that will help them turn their bodies better. But there's, there's so much gray area and so much cloud of like camouflage, like we like to call it. The arms are camouflaging a lot of what happens in the golf swing and one arm camouflages the other, that seeing everything in this first person, or we call it the for the player perspective, really makes things easy to see because we can all relate to. If I just stand in front of me and do this with my arm, okay, that makes sense versus trying to see all of it in a rotational, moving away from the camera towards the camera kind of frame of reference. It's it's real eye-opening for a lot of our players, and it is for us just trying to learn the swing. I mean, I think it's it's going to help a lot of people figure out the swing. I mean, I know even as growing up, if I would have known, like, wait a second, my hands really don't shove way forward like that. I just have to kind of lower them. It would have been, I mean, would have helped me so much just to have that, again, that frame of reference of what the player is really doing instead of being camouflaged by the, the body and the arms all doing things at the same time. So kudos on you. That's a good uh, that's well, a good thing. And we're going to be seeing more and more of that frame of reference um, style uh just concepts in our videos. Yeah, it's 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 a super it's a game changer for us and and a lot of our players. So I'm hoping that guy it'll transfer on video and hoping that a lot of other golfers will it'll help as well. Well, we can go on and on about this. We we good for this one? We're good. All right, if you guys are enjoying these, please go on to iTunes, leave us a five star and a written review that helps us reach more golfers, and we're trying to help as many of you as we can.